You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo. I am your host, Anthony Donardo, on this glorious Thursday. So much for a Wednesday show, huh, Jim? <laughs> yeah, scheduling conflicts um, keep having to bump us to Thursday. I know, so. right? It's funny. It's crazy. Like, I think it's been yeah. three straight weeks, too, right? It's been at least two weeks, but I think you're right. I think it has been three. Funny. So uh, I guess we got back-to-back you know, two shows on a Thursday. How about that? Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we're giving the people what they want, which well, is uh, Thursday that. Thursday content, right? Sure, we'll, we'll say that. Keep it that yeah. way. But uh, regardless, so yes, it is Thursday. It is January. Let me look at my phone. Is it? I'm already like, it is. So how is it the 14th? Yeah. It's been two weeks since New Year's Eve. It has been. I can't get over that. I honestly can't. I was thinking about that when it was the 10th that I was like, how has it been 10 days? And now it's been 14. I don't know, Jim. What's going on with time? 2020 screwed it all up. Yeah, I mean, I kind of just think of this as an extension of 2020. So <laughs> is it? I, I, I feel like it hasn't really turned to 2021 yet. Damn. All right. Well, I guess it's already January 14th. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Not a whole lot's really been going on in the world of baseball. Uh, obviously in the world of pirates. Not so much has gone on in my world as well for the past week. I don't know about you. We've had a lot of things going on here. Um, my wife has COVID. So really? Yeah. She is sick with COVID right now. Not like anything terrible. Um, but she's not feeling very well. I am waiting on my test results. I'm assuming that I probably also have COVID right now as we speak. Um, but I, uh, I don't have any symptoms. So interesting. I wasn't aware. Yeah. Well, I hope. Yeah. Crazy. The best for you too. Well, she's, she's already starting to feel a little bit better. Is she? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah, I um yeah, but we have been locked in the house basically since uh since Monday. Mm. That stinks. Well, no, I had uh yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I don't know if you want to call it a scare or whatever. The the closest I've gotten, I mean, through we were over with a friend and like their cousin I guess tested and then like the whole family tested. So, that's why if you saw about a week ago I got I got tested. Came back yeah. negative. I'm fine. That's the first time I got tested. Like I said, the first time there was like a close encounter for me, the closest I've gotten. So, mm-hmm. that I'm aware of. <laughs> but, I've I've had a couple close encounters. So this is the third time I've gotten tested. Um, mm. But I'm uh, I'm gonna. I probably have it. So, I was yeah, nervous we'll getting it. I'll <laughs> say that. And the reason yeah. I was nervous is because knowing how you get tested, and I had. I had the flu, I want to say this might have been four years ago, um, where I was sick and the doctor just wanted to test me if I had the flu right then and there to determine what it was, right? And I've never had this done before. And he stuck that thing way, way back into my nose. And my God, did I feel that? I swear for the next three days. Um, yeah. It's not the most pleasant experience. Mm. So, but yeah, this, I, I don't know what it was. I mean, they, they had me do it. Um, and it, I didn't have to go like that far back. I feel like my doctor went way farther than this one was. 
So like I said, I was really nervous when I first went to get it, you know, because I'm like, oh, my God, I know what it's going to feel like. Oh, you know, one of those things. But like when I mm-hmm. did it, I was like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. So I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's I just not, it's not it's not awful, but it is uncomfortable. Yeah. So, well, interesting. All right. Well, um, yeah. Other yeah. than that, <laughs> I don't know. Did you want, do we want to get into some baseball talk? Let's get into some baseball. Yeah. All right. Well, the Padres have been kind of boring lately, so that's pretty much all baseball talk. I mean, it seems like MLB runs on San San Diego these days. But when it- I saw something yesterday that uh, James Harden was traded to the Padres. <laughs> oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. Oh, my. I, I really don't even follow NBA too much anymore, right? But, like, just seeing that trade happen and, and all the memes – what is I mean? What is James Harden doing right now? I've never seen. I mean, the season wasn't that long ago, right? The last NBA season. Like, what did he do this air quote off season to get that big? Was he just eating nonstop? I mean, you are a world class athlete, you know. And it's not. It's not like this is Shaq we're talking about. You know, as a big giant man to begin with. I mean, this is a point guard, right? He's skillful, and he's just oh man, he's he's making me feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah, you know, I haven't really been paying any attention to the NBA, so <laughs> I can't really speak on that. I don't know. Have you I don't seen, even watch Sports Center him, like though? when they No, I haven't I haven't seen oh him at all. Oh my god, Jim, you have to. I even saw there was a clip that just happened two nights ago, maybe, where in warm-ups one of the announcers was like, Well, James Harden clearly got his pregame meal in. <laughs> so I mean it's it's noticeable. <laughs> Uh, anyways, yeah, so that happened. Um, I guess also what happened is the Steelers lost to the Browns. Yeah. The Pens lost last night. So it's all on, it's on the Pirates, right? To save Pittsburgh. Clearly. Clearly it's on the Pirates. They're the only hope. Right now. Then with pit basketball, pit basketball is like, I think they're on the bubble. Like I think the last bracketology, pit was like the last one of the last eight in or something like that. Yeah, they, they've been getting or better. last eight, last eight out. So like they're not in yet, but they were close. Nice. All right, that's fair. That's fair enough. <clears throat> but I'll tell you what. As far as the major sports, twenty twenty four. All right, let's put our future thinking caps on. Right, it's it's 2024. Right, we'll do like Conan O'Brien in the year 2000. So, 2024. Who is leading Pittsburgh sports? Is it the Penguins? Is it the Steelers? Is it the Pirates? It's a good question because <clears throat> the Steelers have some issues, especially when related to the salary cap. <laughs> right, and uh, 2024. Man, unless they can get a quarterback that follows Ben. Yeah, I don't know how good they're going to be for a few years. So I, we, could, we could be going back to the to the Tommy Maddox days where they just aren't, aren't very good. And we'll see. Um, I still don't have a whole lot of faith in the Pirates. Like, I think we <laughs> they, could, they, have a, they have a chance, but... Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I, I mean, just because I'd say the Penguins. Crosby will still be there. 2024, he'll be 37, so he will be old in you know sports years, but he's such a good talent. He could probably at least still make that team a playoff team, I would imagine, you know, with some competent people around him. So, yeah, I'm going with Penguins. So, so you're predicting more PPP loans in the future so the Penguins can afford their players then, right? Yeah, maybe there'll be a new wave, new wave of loans, and uh, Penguins can secure some funds. That makes sense. All right. Well, I think you're right. I mean, that is a good question because, and I'm not like, I mean, I'm not a huge Penguins, I'm not a huge hockey fan. I'll put it that way to begin with. So, I mean, obviously, I'm going to root for the Penguins if I'm watching hockey, um, but I'm not like going overboard like, oh, the the Penguins are own one, so it's disaster. But I think it's fair because oh, everyone's over. Kind of understands the the penguins are aging a bit, so all right. 
So even though the Pirates are rebuilding, you're still not even sure 2024. You don't have faith in them. I love it. Spoken like a true Pirate fan. Yeah. I, I think they got a chance. Still don't have faith yet. <laughs> well, well, you know what's funny? I think it's a really good transition. So something I wanted to talk about, and this could be a very good way of collaborating you know, with the Steelers and, and the Pirates here because the Steelers lost. You could say the Steelers lost. Well, of course they were terrible. I mean, Ben pretty much gave that that game away. But Tomlin wasn't at his peak performance either. Uh, you know, it's fourth and one. You're on the the other side of the fifty yard line. You're down and you punt, right? And like Tomlin's one of his famous quotes, and I'll even put it up here. One of Tomlin's famous quotes is, "We don't live in our fears. We live in our hopes." Right? That was kind of living in your fears, wasn't it, Jim? Weren't you kind of afraid that your offense was not going to get that first down and, and you lived in your fear and you punted it away Hope for another day? Yeah, I mean, that was textbook. <laughs> textbook, <laughs> uh, that quote right there. Yeah. Awesome. If you can't, uh, if you can't pick up a yard and, you know, when you, when you need to, you don't deserve to win. So that made me think a little bit, too. Pirate fans. I mean, anyone who talks about the Pirates, I feel like, whether you're a fan or forced to talk about them, right, however way you want to spin it, does it kind of feel like the Pirate fans, especially, especially lately, live in our fears almost about every situation? And for everyone listening, Jim, can you hear me? Now I can. <laughs> All right. So maybe some technical difficulties, everyone. But if you're still listening, um, I guess I'll go back. I don't know where we uh, we dropped off here. But I would say for 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 Pirate fans, you know, and I said for, for fans and people who get paid, they might even like the Pirates, but they get paid to talk about the Pirates and such, right? Do we all live in our fears when talking about the pirates. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Literally all we talk about are our fears and the fears of being a pirates fan is that you trade away your good players. Like that's, I feel like that's like 50% of our, of our talking is, Hey, what can we get for this guy? What can we get for this guy? When's this guy's trade? This guy needs to get better so that he can increase his trade value, you know? <laughs> right, um, right. For the past few years, it's not, this guy needs to get better so that we can win baseball games. <laughs> like that, that hasn't even been in the conversation. <laughs> it's, it's, this guy needs to be better so that we can trade him for other people. <laughs> right. Like, that's just what, we have been talking about for so long it's just ingrained in our minds that that's just how it is and how it works and you know once that player once once the pirates have a good player and they start creeping into year two of arbitration it does it the the talk goes from hey this this player is really good he's fun to watch to this player is pretty good who are we going to get for him that's 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 just kind of how it how the conversation shifts with t- literally oh, yeah. anybody. And like, not even that sense too. Like, I, I'm thinking about this on myself, and like, think about last year. Um, I, I think the big talk when Charrington took over was, you know, a lot of guys stunk. A lot of guys didn't perform the way they should have. So. You know, with this year, let's get them into the season. Like your Josh Bells, you know, your Musgroves at the time. You like Chris Archer, you know, obviously to regain some value and such. So let's go into this offseason. Or I should say, let's go into the season. Let them perform. Let them show out. And then, of course, as we talked about, you can trade them, right? Get your value back and such. Um, But it's like, with that hope, Josh Bell is terrible right? Like arguably one of the worst players in baseball. Chris Archer goes down with a major surgery. You know, his comeback attempt period, we're not sure of. Um, 
like everyone was terrible. And like this whole off season is, is more or less has been like, let's just get what we can, you know, because it's like, if, if we go out like next year, these guys could be terrible again. They could lose even more trade value, right? We get nothing in return. Like, uh, like my whole basis of this off season is I'm fearful what 2021 will bring. So let's just get whatever we can opposed to like thinking rationally, like, Let's go into this season. Like, we know what, air quotes, we know what Josh Bell is. Like, we know what Adam Frazier is. We know what Joe Musgrove is. Like, go into the season. Let's show it. You know, we can, we can make a better trade at that point in time or such. I mean, like like Musgrove, he's got years of control. It's not like he's in his last year or even two years. He's got three. Um, So that's, that's kind of how, like, I feel I've been. I've been living in such fear of what this season will bring to the pirates that it's like, let's just get even time. Like how many times have I said it? Like when Mike Geico was on, I think that's the first time I mentioned it with like with him. I've said it a few times. It's like, if we can just trade Tyon right now, let's just do it. You know, I don't, if it might be a dime for the dollar, but at least we're getting a dime back. <laughs> well, that just sounded bad. <laughs> dime. Back. Just a dime back. Yeah. Dime back. Um, <clears throat> Yeah. So, and, and again, I think a lot of people are, are, you know, would think in that exact same way. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's just so ingrained in our minds <clears throat> as pirates fans to think of, all right, so-and-so is somewhat good. That means we can probably trade him for something. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's kind of, because just that's just what's happened with every single situation, you know. For for the last thirty years, if someone gets good, we trade them. Like that's how it's been really since ni- nineteen ninety two was the last year where they like just didn't where they didn't do that because they were competitive and so they just kept all their good players until their contracts ran out, and then they got nothing for any of those guys. Um, which I mean, you could say was probably still the right move because. You know, they, they were one of the best teams in baseball and they were going for a World Series. Right. Um, and then when that didn't happen, it's just kind of all crashed to the ground. And it took them 20 years to recover. <laughs> and by the way, I do want to correct myself because when I said it, I was like, wait a minute, this is not right. Uh, Musgrove has two years left, but still, like, he has those years of control. You could trade him at the deadline when, you know, pitching is even more of a premium than normal. Um, but you're right. Like, I just feel like that's we're just like conditioned to just live in our fears, right? Watching and talking and rooting for the Pirates. And again, I just feel like this offseason, it's never been more relevant. <laughs> I mean, that's it's yeah. all that's it's all we've been doing. Like, we're talking about people because we're fearful what's gonna happen. Let's trade Musgrove now. When real really like it could be if you feel like Musgrove is more of so I guess like take a step back. There's a lot of people, especially on pirate side, right, that are saying like Musgrove's going to bring in a you know a really good package because here's what he can do. You know, you look at the peripherals, like the strikeouts are up, and and really in the reality is it was the last two starts that he really showed it, right? And in a small shortened season of just 60 games, those two starts can make a very big impactful season for you. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm in the realm that I've, I've always believed more in Musgrove's talents than what he's shown, right? Almost like Chris Archer, like the FIP's always nice. The, you know, the, the peripheral's really nice, but the performance isn't always there. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt that about Musgrove, right? But you can look at him and say, well, he's, you know, he's a four-war pitcher. Like, what's special about him? So it was like, if you really feel that he's more of like those last two starts, you would go into the season, let him show that, Right. He can prove himself to be a very, very productive pitcher. And then he traded the deadline for, you know, that ransom because there's going to be a team that, you know, arms are going down, especially after 2020 season. You know, you, you know you're going to need some arms this year. Uh, and he could probably bring back some very good talent. But we're all just like, don't do that because he's going to get injured, right? Or something's going to happen and we get nothing in return. We're all fearful. Like, really the smart thing is probably to go into the season – and get what you want for him and ensure you get what you want for him. But I don't think that's going to happen. Something's going to go wrong. 
Yeah, <laughs> we've seen it go wrong. We've seen it go wrong so many times that, uh, yeah, I, I don't think Pirates fans necessarily want to risk it. I think, you know, we, we obviously like Joe Musgrove and we want him to be on the Pirates and want to watch him pitch. But at the same time, he is the team's most valuable trade chip. Mm-hmm. So if this and is he's a team that is 28 compete, right now, yeah. So if this is a team that isn't going to compete for a while, Joe Musgrove's a free agent in two years. Probably not going to be a part of any competitive Pirates team. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just makes sense to trade him when his value is highest. <laughs> right. So, so we've we've done it with with Bell, and again, I feel like that was partially the we traded Bell when that's traded Bell there. when his value is lowest. Probably. Right. You know, I would say that that's fear there. Like I think. Very rationally. I don't know so much if that. I don't know so much if that was fear, as opposed to, hey, this is just like the best that we can get for him. I mean, it was. It was we talked about it. It wasn't a terrible deal at all. It wasn't terrible. I know a lot of people feel it's terrible, but you could easily think that Josh Bell is going to perform and get better. You know. So so again, yeah. I, I think there could have been like this is a good return. Let's just take it. There there could be better. Mm-hmm. Um. And not saying Charrington is living in his fears. I'm not, but as Pirate fans, like I'm just like, you know, we're all just like straight. He's at his lowest value, and we're like, trade him, trade him. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. get any worse, and we're like, trade him. So I thought that was funny, um, and definitely a, a big correlation with Steelers. Or I should yeah, say Tomlin himself I, and the Pirates. I feel like a lot that that's a lot of Pirates fans is this guy sucks. We need to trade him. Well. If he sucks, in order to trade somebody, you need someone who wants that player. So, right. Um, yeah, so it's hard to trade players who suck. Unless you're the Pirates. <laughs> you trade them. Unless you're the Pirates. And then right. they, you know, perform better elsewhere. Uh, yes. um, but, yeah, so so I guess let's transition this because, you know, there's a lot of chatter going on right now. Uh, the Red Sox are seem to be pretty inclined to trade Andrew Benintendi. Uh, there's been talks about it like all off season, but they're really increasing. And then um, I'm not sure who said it, but there's a source out there more or less saying that, you know, they expect him to be gone by the weekend. So seems like things are really heating up. There's, you know, teams that were linked. I think Oakland was linked. Houston was linked. And then someone put out there, which I don't know if it was actual sources or actual link more than it was just Charrington was with the Red Sox at the time with Bennington. was there and drafted. But, uh, you know, they link the Pirates to Benintendi. So, obviously, right, it's MLB offseason. There's some type of link, and then we, we see everything blow up, right? Everyone's talking about it, what they want. There's been 9,000 trade proposals that have been sent out there that's going to happen, right? This is a done deal for a lot of people. Let's just go just <laughs> forget what even forget who might even trade. Just Andrew Benintendi on the Pirates for 2021. Does that make sense for the Pirates in the situation they're at to to trade for Andrew Benatendi? Um, I think depending on the situation, but I feel like a player like Andrew Benatendi is a pretty good fit on the 2021 Pirates for a couple of reasons. He's he's still relatively young. He has three years left, you know, before he's a free agent as well. Um, let me confirm that three two. years, four, it's... five. Okay, <clears throat> two. Yeah, mm-hmm. free agent twenty twenty three. Okay, he, he ends up being um, the same as Joe Musgrove. Got it. Okay. Um, so I think it makes sense in a way that this is a guy who clearly broke into the league with a ton of talent, a ton of hype, um, number two prospect in baseball when he made his debut. Um. He has had one really good year in his four years in the majors. He's had two okay years, and he's had a bad year, right? Um, So I think this is someone where if you are the Pirates, if the deal is right, you know, Benintendi is somebody who not only can – First off, he's a guy who can play the outfield, which right now the Pirates need. Um, and number two, <clears throat> and number two, he's he's someone that he's a good bounce back candidate for 
um, you know, maybe regaining what he was in, in, in 2018, um, which if he becomes that again, then you're looking at a, an extremely valuable trade ship, um, you know, coming up before he hits free agency. So I, um, it's an interesting, it's definitely an interesting possibility. I think he would be a good fit on this team. You know, he, you could slide him, slide him right into, and it ran into, I guess, center field, really. Um, I guess you can put him in left, maybe. Yeah, we'll see kind of how that would work. But he's someone who would slide into the outfield, play a position that the Pirates need somebody to play in the outfield right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, he's kind of in that Josh Bell situation where like, Hey, he's shown he can, he can play. He was terrible last year. So where's his value at? What would you have to give up to get him? Right. And is there something left there to make him, you know, a valuable player? that he can eventually become that. And then you can use him to trade. So I think in that way, it makes sense. Um, depending on what, what he would cost. So then are you really, and, and I agree. I mean, to talk about him, like he was very, very high prospect, very good. When he came up, he had a very solid debut. And like you said, in 2018, he really showed out to be a good player, like a four and a half four player, but he's really just been like outside of that, just like a guy, a guy on a team. You know, and last year, like you said, was terrible. Now, albeit it was 14 games, 52 plate appearances in a crazy season. So it's like, I don't put a whole lot of stock in a 2020 to begin with. And, you know, with that being said, like that, I'm just giving that a mulligan. I won't even look at 2020. I'll forget it even existed. Look at the rest of his numbers, right? In his career, like you said, two out of three years, he's just been just on that cusp of an everyday starter. Um, So... I guess if I look at Andrew Benatendi, it's like if we're trading for him, are we looking at this as stock? Like is Andrew Benatendi more stock or like a future pirate? You know, because like you said, it's two years left. I mean, there's no reason for the pirates to be trading for guys with two years left on their, I guess, control, right? Because the pirates aren't competing in two mm-hmm. years. The question I started us off with with you is 2024, right? Who's going to be the better team in Pittsburgh? And you were still questioning that the pirates would be in 2024. So it's like if we're not even sure in 2024 that they'll be good, then there's no reason to trade for guys like Andrew Benintendi unless you look at them like stock, right? I'm going to buy and flip. So it's like, is Andrew Benintendi more of of that, like a commodity? We're going to buy him low and then sell him high? Or is this someone who'd like, let's buy low and then maybe we can offer an extension to? Um, I think it could be, a you know, a, possibility of both I, I think i think you look at him as stock though i think that's kind of where i'm where i'm coming at this from is you're you're buying someone who has shown that he can he can play at a high level mm-hmm. just hasn't done it consistently and you're buying him low and you're hoping he can regain that so that you can then flip him for something more than what you traded for um yeah, so I think that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm I'm not looking at Andrew Benintendi as like a long term part of this team, but at the same point, that's a possibility. You know, let's Benintendi comes out has a good 2021, and he's open to signing an extension. He's still only 26 years old, right? Matt, you know, he's that would definitely be he definitely be a candidate for something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think either either works but I, I i think i'm looking at this more as a what you know you can buy him low and and potentially try to sell him for a little bit higher than what you bought him for so he's kind of like bitcoin he's like litecoin litecoin <laughs> <laughs> touche so i guess you know just in that picture i mean that's kind of how i look at this too and i think more of flip right but let's go back to living in fears. I mean, it's like this is written all over this. I'm looking at this, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, he could be a very good mm-hmm. bounce back, depending on what the return would take. Um, but I'm just like, I don't know. Like, you know, two out of three years, eh, you know, it, he, he's a more likely a corner outfield than a center fielder. 
And if you're a corner outfielder who's barely getting to war, are you really going to be? You're the best player on the Pirates. Well, you are the best player on the Pirates, but that doesn't say much, right? I mean, in the Pirates outfield, yeah. (laughs) Tyler's the smartest Pirate fan in the world. That doesn't say much. (laughs) True, true. That's very true. There you go. Um, but it's like, you know, like a, a two war corner outfielder is that what's the going price on that? Like not a whole lot. So again, living in my fears, I'm like, does he, does he get back to the four war player? Is he more than two war player? And we just gave up something and now we're, we're losing on him or we get nothing in return. And, and I feel like the safe move is to just, just keep going, keep going. Just don't even bother them. Keep going. Now, the, I guess let's flip it to what the return would be. So everyone's putting out there all these type of deals and such. I get a Joe Musgrove or Benintendi straight up. Does it make sense? Uh, I think Musgrove brings more value than a Benintendi. And again, we're talking about two years of control. Like, why are you trading Musgrove to get a Benintendi in the same situation? You didn't accomplish anything. You just lost value and you still have a a guy that you're trying to trade, right? So, but the thing is, like, I think what the Red Sox want, though, is major league pitching. And it's not something the Pirates like really have to give up. Like that's it. It's Joe Musgrove. So the trade actually doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, unless it's something like we go with Joe Musgrove, they get us Benintendi and something else. You know, definitely prospect wise, nothing in the majors. Maybe a Jeter Downs right. that was in the Mookie Betts deal last year or something. So <clears throat> that kind of makes sense. But again, is it like do you want to use Joe Musgrove to get a Benintendi and some other type of prospect? No, like I, I don't think that's if you're trading Joe Musgrove, I don't think you're doing it for for any sort of major league talent. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't make sense, like to to take your most valuable trade ship and trade him for something that you're also just hoping to trade and get something less for. So no, that particular thing would not make sense. But I do think the Pirates do have some interesting pitchers other than Musgrove. I mean, we're not talking about anybody great, but clearly, I mean, Jim. <laughs> but I, but I do think that, you know, like Chad cool is somebody who could be interesting. And Chad cool is definitely someone that I would trade for Andrew Benintendi, you know? So if you're, if you're thinking maybe like a, like a package of Chad cool and, Maybe, maybe a, not necessarily like a top prospect, but but maybe someone like who's sitting in like the low end of our top twenty, you know, somewhere something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if Boston's clearly just like <clears throat> giving up on Andrew Benintendi, you know, what if he what if he traded something like I don't know, like Cal Mitchell and and Chad Cool for Andrew Benintendi? Like, I'd probably do that. That's that's good. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, let's go back to last year. I still I also again, have about... no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have no idea if that would be something the <laughs> Red Sox would want to do. Right. But I feel like 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 if that were the trade, I would be pretty comfortable with that. I, I mean, I would too. You know, and, and this is coming again. I really believe in Chad Cool. Like, um, that's again for the second year in a row a guy that I'm really intrigued to want to see this year because. I think he can show that he's a very productive type pitcher. Um, but I, I don't feel like he's shown enough, and that's going to be what the Red Sox are going to be willing to part with for Benintendi. And also just for the fact that I think there's if there's a team out there that really wants him, they already have a Chad Cool or better that they're willing to give up for a Benintendi. You know? So that's just what I feel, too. Like As Pirate fans, you know, we, we put on these blinders like, oh, well, this matches up. But it's like, well... All these, mm. all the teams have the guys that you're talking about. So it's going to come down to who would the Red Sox prefer. And I don't know, right. unless, I mean, the Red Sox might be like me and really like Chad Cole and be like, all right, let's, let's try to get our hands on them. But it's like, Ben Intendi? I don't know. Because um, again, Chad Cole only has two years left as well. I mean, it, it's. <laughs> yeah. I would but, be comfortable uh, with that one. You know, I, I think, again, Chad mm-hmm. Cole can present himself to be a a good pitcher probably a very elite type reliever um but at any regards he can show himself and prove himself to be a good pitcher and can do that this year but 
that might be the gamble I'm willing to take. Like I would gamble pool who it's like, we're not going to get probably a very interesting return for. So let's go ahead and do this because this could be more interesting. And if we lose out on it, it's, it's almost like getting, you know, the, the number 10 prospect in someone's system. And it just turns out that it doesn't, you know, become anything is a bust. Like who cares? You know, mm-hmm. at least Ben Attendee is a major leaguer. We know that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I would be okay with a cool, but yeah, like a Musgrove, that's, that's, that's your chip. You got to get something, you know, of mm-hmm. value and looking for yeah. your future. Not some guy like Ben Attendee yeah. to hope to flip again. No, exactly. It doesn't make sense to trade Musgrove for Benintendi whatsoever. And and again, I mean, you're kind of hoping that Benintendi can turn into someone with the trade value that Musgrove has. So mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense to do that. Yep. All right. And just, you know, let's put out there as far as projections go. I mean, Benintendi is projected for basically a 102 mid run created plus. So 2% above league average. Outside of that one season, he's basically been a league average player. You know, his first career, he's 8% above average. So, and again, like we talk about with Moran, like as a corner outfielder, average isn't average. You know, like if, if you're hitting for average, you're not that good. So, projected a 1.7 war. I just don't really, I'm not as hyped. There's a lot of hype around Andrew Benatendi being a pirate. Eh, it's kind of how I feel. Yeah, I mean, it would be something that I would welcome it. But I'm not like, oh, man, we need to get Andrew Benintendi. <laughs> it's not it's not making me, you know, excited by any means. But it would be something I would welcome uh, if the package were right. Speaking of excited, would you be excited because it was stated that the Pirates were going to go um, – I didn't see any confirmation that they were there, but Corey Kluber had a workout. It's 35 pitches, all his pitches. Scouts are impressed. I think it's his fastball was sitting about 90, um, which at this time of the year is good. You know, you're going to improve velocity as you go closer um, to the season and such. So you see at 90, his fastball, he looked pretty good. Scouts were intrigued. Corey Kluber to the Pirates. I mean, to me, this has... Pirates run all over. Like, this is the type of player you want, right? There's a high risk in Corey Kluber, but there's also a high reward. To spend some dollars, right? You you got plenty of them. You haven't spent any money. Uh, you have the low, well, not anymore. Cleveland, thank you. Cleveland with the lowest payroll right now. But the Pirates have the second lowest payroll in baseball. Um, spend it on a Corey Kluber, right? Get him in that rotation. Like, he could potentially become that trade chip by the deadline for you. Hundred percent in on that, yeah. Um, again, the Pirates haven't spent any money. They have money to spend. What they should be spending it on are players who um, that they could potentially, you know, turn into value. And uh, Kluber's definitely one of those. It's been, I mean, it's been two years, right, since we've seen a productive Corey Kluber. Uh, but that was mostly due to injuries. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, you know, two years ago, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. Three years ago, he, you could say he was the best pitcher in baseball. So, yeah. And I'm over a solid period of time, I mean, he's been looked at as one of the better pitchers. You know, I mean, going yeah, back I mean, since 2004, about... he's basically been a five-war yeah. pitcher or better. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about a flash in the pan. Let's it say was... four or 14. You said 2004, but that was yeah, not that long. We're not looking at pitchers that have been pitching in 2004. Let's not do that. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. John Lester to the Bucks. Um, <laughs> no, please no. Oh God, no. <laughs> uh, no, that would be something I would be all in on. <clears throat> I, I can't imagine he would actually cost a whole lot. I mean, the, again, he hasn't really pitched in two years. So, what exactly kind of uh, deal is he commanding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy, perfect candidate, one year, $8 million, hopefully has a good year. You can flip him at the deadline. I mean, the Pirates got Cody Ponce for Jordan Lyles. So just kind of think about that. <laughs> and Cody Ponce is actually a prospect. Um, yeah. So, yeah, why not do that? Like, that's what – those are the types of moves, moves that the, the 2021 
and 2022 Pirates should be doing <clears throat> because right now the payroll is just historically low. They can afford to sign some people and that's just kind of how you can build up your team. I mean, you look at, you look at how the Padres did their rebuild, right? Yeah. Um, how did they get Fernando Tatis? Well, they James signed Shields. James Shields <laughs> and then flipped them, right? So I'm not saying the Pirates are going to get Fernando Tatis. Yeah, the third, I mean, there's right? a lot of luck when, in that one know, too. With, with Corey Kluber. But like, that's how you build a, that's how you build an organization is when you suck, Sign some guys who you could potentially trade for just people to fill your organ. Just to just another way to just get talent in your organization. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Kluber, I would be on board that. I, I am. And, and the reason this is like, I mean, of course, you got to get past Nunning and through his thick skull, make him understand this, right? The concept. But it's like what the difference in Kluber and Ben Attendee is all you're giving up is money for Kluber. You know, it's like you're not giving up any of the potential future and prospect for a Ben attendee. Like, all you're doing is giving up money. You have the same farm and the same players still in your system. You give up some money, and you might be able to get more. Like, basically, what you're doing is you're buying prospects, okay? So, yeah. I'm all in for the Kluber as well. And you're right. I mean, he has been injured. He hasn't had a season where he's been healthy since 2018. But, you know... He was a damn good pitcher then. 289 ERA and 215 innings pitched, 5.5 war. You know, right, the injuries came. He's pitched like basically 36 innings since. But think about this. It's like if you were banking on an Archer return to regain value, it's like would you rather right now have Chris Archer or would you rather have Corey Kluber? I'm all on board. I'd rather have Corey Kluber. Are you there too? Yes, I'm on board that. So if you think like yeah. Archer's option was going to be what is eleven million or close to twelve or whatever, uh, and, and you're yep. and, and we've talked about other people talked about like do you maybe bring back Archer on a better deal? Things have been out there about like one year eight million. I mean, if it's going to cost about eight million dollars, to me, I'm ready to make that again. I'm not Bob Nutting, but I'm ready mm-hmm. to make that investment. Uh, go yep. ahead and get me Corey Kluber. I'll take that chance. It's very likely you're, you can you trade him at the deadline, and you know again all it did was all it did. I'm talking to Bob Nutting. It's cost you eight million dollars this year, opposed to prospects to get Benintendi and try to flip him to get a few more cents on that dollar. Yeah. No, I mean it's it it just makes sense. And, and again, like going back to yeah, I wanted to kind of. Going back to like the Padres, right? I, I, I want to use this because I do feel like this this rebuild that the Padres have done is just incredible. I mean, the, the San Diego Padres were not looking to be competitive mm-hmm. in 2016, right? The 2016 San Diego Padres, they were coming off a, a 74 a 74 win season, and the, and they won 68 games, right? But that offseason, they signed James Shields, and they signed him to actually, I think, a four-year deal. Um, He pitched 11 games, 11 games, and then they traded him, and they traded him for for Fernando Tatis Jr. So uh, that's just one example where, you know, these these guys, they – that that's just it's a, it's a way to like you said they they bought they basically bought Fernando Tatis Jr. off the White Sox with James Shields. That's, right. That's how they acquired him. Um, and, and I said teams aren't as dumb as they were back then. I don't think. Uh, like I don't I don't think we, we would see something like that. But yeah, it's 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 something. It's another it's another way to get talent into your organization, and all it costs you is money. <laughs> so it's just a matter of it's just a matter of are the Pirates going to spend the money? That's it. I, I, I'm with you. <clears throat> that, yeah. That's why you know it's we can talk about payroll, but it's very bottomed out right now. You know, and obviously with losing Josh Bell, you know that frees up some some money. If you if you suggest right, it frees up some money this year. I don't know what the budget is, what the dollar amount, the cap is, but I'm all for Corey Kluber. Um. And I guess to kind of pivot here and move on. So the Pirates also did make a transaction, if you may, 
Um, <clears throat> they did go ahead and claim Troy Stokes Jr. and uh, DFA'd Nick Turley. Um, this isn't a major deal. I mean, it's it's not. Of course, we've already it's seen huge. it, right? World Series Pirates because of this, right? I mean, it just is kind of is what it is. Troy Stokes Jr., meh. <laughs> I mean, he's a 24-year-old outfield, about to be 25. Um, just saw a AAA in 2019 and was bad. But he's had, you know, productive seasons beforehand. He's got some powers, got some speed, good defense, not a great bat. Obviously, just depth. I mean, that's my take on this. It just, it's just depth, right? I mean, the Pirates need players. So, but I guess what I'm looking at is the DFAing of Nick Turley. Um, I don't know. Thoughts? That was kind of interesting to me. And Nick Turley is just a guy. I, I, there was really nothing that impressed me mm-hmm. about Nick Turley with his you know, in his limited time with the Pirates. I, I don't know how I feel about Troy Stokes Jr. either. Um, <laughs> you did mention he actually was pretty productive throughout the lower levels of the minors, and then AAA is, is kind of where he ran into a little bit of a hiccup. Um, so who knows? There's maybe something there. Um, he, he was walks not, a really good he, rate. He was not on the Brewers' top 30 prospects, you know, if that – kind of shows you anything um so and the, and the brewers don't exactly have like the greatest farm system right um so uh, yeah i i'm not like super excited about the deal but again nick turley is a 31 year old mm-hmm. soft tossing reliever that was fine last year but like nothing really to get excited about. No, I guess I'm with you with there. It's not as if I'm looking yeah. at Nick Turley in the same sense of like a Chris Stratton or something where, you know, I, I definitely see a lot of potential mm-hmm. there. You're right. I mean, he's a 31 year old who has had a terrible MLB, MLB career, which to his defense, lots of injuries, you know, I understand that, but no more options. 31. He's not in the Pirates future. Um, I guess it's just like where I'm at is, you know, could he understanding that the possibility and the probability of it is probably very low, you know, could he maybe have a fine, as you like to say, a fine season this year, and then maybe yeah. you're able to get better than <laughs> Troy Stokes Jr. You know, it's like, eh, like who would you rather have yeah. on this team, Stokes Jr. or yeah, or Turley? You know, so either way, I, I don't think Turley is anything special that we're losing any sleep over this uh but also it's like troy stokes jr eh, it's like to me it just seems like depth like you said like it wasn't a yeah. prospect when he was with the brewers at the time in 2020 eh, whatever he's a guy he's a guy <laughs> he's he's i mean he's jim is not socrates. about this he's transaction. guillermo heredia he's socrates brito he's just a guy that's a good call outfield if six people get hurt <laughs> <laughs> or seven, if, if, you know, the pirates do end up with Ben attending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, yeah. It, yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking six at him. People and, get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's not, there's not a ton to be excited about. All right. Yeah. The walk rate, I guess you could say, yeah. Nice walk rate. That I don't I don't know why, but just when I was looking at his yeah. numbers, like that really impressed me. Like his walk rate, walk rate, has been very strong. Like, and I don't know, maybe it's like the type of player he is. I guess I just wasn't assuming that to be. But guy gets on base for you know as low as his actual hitting tool is. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, <clears throat> he hit two thirty three in Double A, but he had a. 121 weighted runs created plus in large part to his on-base percentage being 110 points higher than his batting mm-hmm. average. So. With 19 home runs and 19 stolen bases added too. <clears throat> yeah. So Troy Stokes, 2020 player, right? Yeah. 
He almost got to that 2020. Mm, he's the next Acuna Jr. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, he's he's Ronald Acuna Jr. in the making. That's for sure. Um, exactly. All right. So yeah, I mean the Pirates were all living in our fears, um, but I'm all for Kluber. Buyer beware on Benatendi, I guess, for the price. And then Stokes, just a guy. Anything uh, Anything else you want to... a good recap. Good recap. How about that? <laughs> anything yeah. else you wanted to discuss, talk about here? Uh, nothing's really... I feel like we're about to enter a wall here until kind of end of February. I think maybe about once spring training starts wall? wrapping what? up. When have we we've not had been, a lull? Besides the last week been, of December, we've been in a lull. Well, I mean, you got to take an effect. We just we just signed Troy Stokes Jr. So, <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> I don't. Know. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think it's Joe Musgrove. I think Joe Musgrove gets traded before before spring training starts. So hopefully that's something to talk about. Yeah. Well, in my fears, I hope so. Yes. Living in our fears. Also, we for the better of the show, trade. I hope, or he's traded as well, so we can talk about something. Something. So we actually talk about the trade people. instead of just talking about tra- trading him. Right. All this speculation. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, I think we'll be back again tonight. So check us out in, like, I don't know, 12 hours. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. All right. See you guys.